Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Got a lot of, a lot of talking people out there today, which is great. We are excited to have you here this morning for our Youth Sunday. My name is Pastor David, the Associate Pastor here at West Hill. We're very thankful to have all of you here this morning. I just want to explain a little bit of what is going on as we as we get started. There's going to be a lot of movement that you'll see. Um, anytime that you see, well, let me start over. Our focus this morning is on Psalm 119, God's Word. All right, and as we go through that, you're going to see a lot of focus on that chapter of the Bible and on what God's Word is about. You also see that in the songs and what was picked in that way as well. Every time we get up to sing, you're going to have one of the teens will come up and read a verse, and it will be a kind of relating to that song as well. Um, those verses necessarily aren't from Psalm 119, but those ones relate to God's Word and singing and how we can lift Him up in praise as well. So you'll see a teen will come up and read before every time that we sing. Um, it's not the typical singing. You're not going to be singing a few songs in a row. You'll sing one song and then uh, Luke and I might come up and preach one point to you and then you'll have another song and then we're going to come up and preach another point to you. So it's going to be a little different where it's just going to be some back and forth um, don't worry, you, you'll get some exercise of standing, sitting, standing, sitting. No, it'll, it'll be good. So we're looking forward to it. That's kind of the, the flow of this, this morning, and it'll be pretty, pretty clear as we go through it. But to start, as I pray for our morning, you don't have to stand like I normally would ask you to. I'm going to have Logan come up because he's going to read our first verse. But as he gets ready for that, why don't you go to the Lord in prayer with me? Lord, we give you thanks for this morning. Thank you for this time to uh, lift you up in praise, to give you the glory that you deserve, Lord. As we go through Psalm 119, we are excited to see what you have to say, even about your word and how it can apply to our lives. Lord, we thank you for all the things that we have today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1, 18-20. As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no. But in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Thank you, Ben. All right, like I said, you can use this one. Like I said, things can be a little different. It's great to have the teens up here participating in the, the band as well. And take the mic out so you can put it up to your mouth. Thank you. Can we hear Luke? Say good morning. Good morning. There we go. <laughs> so like I talked about, uh, we're basically going to go through Psalm 119, all 176 verses. No. We, we do have four points, uh, an intro and a conclusion. So each time we have one of those things to go through, we're going to be up here doing that at a separate time. 
Um, but like we normally do, I do want to, again, start in prayer and just ask for God's blessing as we go through his word. Lord, we give you thanks again for this morning. Thank you for the wonderful music and the different ways to be able to worship you. And as we get into your word, it's another way for us to worship you and to, to study and to learn more about you. And so we ask for your blessing on this time as we go through these points and, and just go through what Luke and I have studied. Lord, we may be your words and not ours. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have at it. All right. Psalm 119 is the longest single chapter in the Bible. It contains all 176 verses. Psalm 119 is an acrostic poem, which the first letter in each of the lines follows the Hebrew alphabet. There are eight lines per 22 letters in the Hebrew, which makes there 176 verses if you're quick at math. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty cool how it's laid out if you were ever to dig, dig deeper into it. Uh, we're not entirely sure. Don't get rid of my page. I'm moving it there. I should have my glasses. So we're not entirely sure who the author is, but a lot of people would think that it is David that is the author, and, and that's fine. Um, it doesn't matter. God is ultimately the author of the Psalms. Um, while there are many smaller themes in Psalm 119, by far the biggest theme is God's word and God's uh, all-sufficient word, meaning that it is everything that we need. We don't need anything else. God has provided his word for us to know who he is to have salvation, to provide for us, to be able to live our lives for him. God has provided his word for him. And you see that throughout all of Psalm 119 in many different ways as the writer is talking about God's word. Um, it is also called a wisdom psalm. So it applies to our lives and be able to uh, apply to our lives in a way that is um, not just head knowledge, but life, going through life experiences as well, having that wisdom uh, through God and what, how he works in our lives. As we continue to talk about the word of God, God, Psalm 119 refers to, is all about referring to God's words. There are eight different terms. Wow, words is hard. There are about eight different terms referring to the word of God in Psalm 119. Some of these include laws, testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments, word, way or path, and ordinances. As we continue, I'm one for tradition, so let's all stand as we read all 176 verses. Don't stand. Just trying to carry on what PA does. I'm sorry. Told me you could do that joke, but I'm like, I don't want people to like stand up and then we're going to put them down. But <laughs> <laughs> no, we will, we will not read through the whole thing. So that is the end of our intro. So we are gonna, we're going to pray at the end of each section. Uh, you can never have too much prayer. So... Lord, we give you thanks again for uh, this psalm, and again, as we get ready to dig through it, um, Lord, we are excited to see what you have for us and the, the four different points that are ahead, um, but we're also excited to continue to worship you and to sing your praises and your glory. And praise in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Psalm 35, 27 through 28. Those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad and say evermore. Great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. Then my tongue shall tell of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Luke's just going to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's going to be a workout. <clears throat> 
I will say, this isn't in here, it was fun working with Luke through all this and, and trying to figure out a sermon. So he is the one that came up with the points. I don't say that in case it's bad or something. It's not. <laughs> um, he did a great job coming up with the points. Um, I asked him to take time and read through all of Psalm 119 and just to mark what stood out to him and what he thought would be good for us to hear this morning. And then we just expounded it from there. So, All right. Point one. Multiple times in Psalm 119 is the way and the path mentioned. It's mentioned in Psalm 119.9, 32, and 105, which I will now read. Verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? And then verse 32 mentions, I will run the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. In the last 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet which will light my path. All these verses talk about how God is our path or way. The Holman Dictionary states that a path or way is two contrasting paths that are a common image for a rival... Two contrasting paths are a common image for a rival ways in the life of Hebrew wisdom literature. The path of the wicked, mentioned in Proverbs 4.14, are about the people who forget about God. And then Job 8.13 states that the path could be crooked. Multiple times in the Bible is this mentioned referring to God's word. When I think of the path, I think of a living righteous life or way. I think that Psalm 119.9 says it all. It says, how can a young man stay, how can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? In Psalm 119.32, I will run the path of your commandments. In 105, I already read, but your light is a path unto my feet. God's word is clear that we should stay on the path of righteousness, even though it might be the narrow path and it might not be the easiest looking or the easiest way to go. When I think of the path, it reminds me of a song by, one of, by a personal favorite band of mine called Fit for a King. They wrote a song called The Path. And the lyrics of the verse go, another valley and another mountain to climb, searching for peace with chaos inside. When I think of that, I think of our trials or tribulations that we might experience when we're on this narrow path. And the chorus states that if you're broken and if you're bleeding, and if you're dying for somebody to believe in, don't you turn back. You have a story to tell. This can be used for many Christians nowadays through persecution or other stuff like that. Because it might not always be easy, but we can still follow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you have your own mic. So again, focusing on the path and the way, there's, there's many um, opposites there. There's the path. Uh, that can lead to darkness is a path that can lead to light. And again, focusing on that Psalm 105, where it does say, he is a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's a, a common verse many of us have heard. Um, some may not, and that's okay. Uh, but it is, it is one that's used a lot, even in Awana and stuff, as we teach our children that God is the way, that there is that light. Um, it is a path for the believer. It's what he's given us to follow the right path. We have God's word to help us follow the right path and to lead a life that glorifies him. Um, there's many times, and I know you guys have done this too, where you're walking through the woods or you are having to go somewhere in the dark and you need a flashlight. Well, many times have I had to do that where you have a flashlight and you're trying to follow 
a path. The problem is with the flashlights is it's always what's right in front of you. And there's many times where you trip on something or you get stabbed along the way because you didn't have the light shining over here or whatever it is. Um, it's just a good analogy of God's word being that path for us. If we are in his word, if we are studying his word, if we're reading his word, um, then we are in the right path. We have that light in front of us. Um, again, as, as Luke mentioned, it doesn't mean stuff isn't going to happen to us. It doesn't mean there won't be uh, hard times along the way. But we have God's word to rely on and to go to and to keep us, to have that light in front of us. Um, so there's no doubt that God's word is the way. It's mentioned multiple times throughout the Psalms, and Proverbs, and other scriptures. Um, but we need to continue to focus on it as well. You can have a light, and it doesn't matter if you're not focusing on it, not following it, um, not heading in the right direction. So we're very thankful to have that, that light of God's word as we go throughout our lives. And so again, that is, that is our first point, that God's word is the light, or God's word is the path or slash way is kind of what we put. God's word is this path slash way, and we need to stay on it and focus on it. Lord, we give, give you thanks, and uh, we think about your what you have provided for us, and your word is definitely um, one of those things that we can continue to go to, continue to study, continue to read, that will allow us to stay on the right path. And that's what we ask for, Lord. We ask for your help as we do that, for your spirit to guide us and to work in our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to explain a little bit here, and then I'll give Dylan the mic. So this is a little monologue that we found. It does relate to our hearts and the hardness of our hearts. Um, it is a funny one, all right? But uh, it does have some serious stuff to it as well. You'll notice... A theme to it as Dylan is going along <clears throat> but it, it it's definitely an interesting one so he's gonna read a psalm that will get you going on the, the right track um, but definitely you can laugh with him there's nothing wrong with that definitely focus on the message that's coming across as well so this monologue is based off the Psalm 11970 their hearts are callous and unfeeling but I delight in your law do you suffer from hardness of heart? Millions do. In fact, HOH is the world's number one preventable cause of spiritual death. Progressive symptoms include, but are not limited to, dull ears and dim eyes, darkened understanding, diminished compassion, and frequent trips to do evil. If you're experiencing and causing others to experience HOH, you need confess it all. Confess it all is made from all natural ingredients, including pulverized pride, raw humility, and pure pharmaceutical grade gratitude. It can be taken in unlimited doses as often as needed and is free of charge through the Eternal Assurance Program. To learn more, dial 1-800-PRAYER and ask for sinner assistance. What happens when you take Confess it all, you might ask? According to the manufacturer, Patients experience immediate forgiveness and cleansing from all unrighteousness. Long-range benefits include replacement of the old stone aorta with a freshly grown heart of flesh. Side effects include joy, peace, kindness, hope, 
renewed sense of purpose, newfound patience toward others, even the really annoying ones, and too many other things to mention right now. So ask the Holy Spirit, and he'll fill you in. Are you human? If so, you should be taking confess it all. Unless you're perfect, which, like, only one guy ever was. So ask your doctor if confess it all is right for you. If they say no, well, why are you asking your doctor? Talk to God today. Good job, Dylan. <laughs> Where are we? You're right, you're right there. Thank you. You need your glasses? I do need my glasses. All right, point two. <laughs> now I'm doing what we do in Awana. Number two. Uh, one of the things he was grabbing was whole chapters at this point. Um, not chapters, sorry. Sections in Psalm 119, going through those, the alphabet of the Hebrew alphabet. And so this one is from the letter Mem. All right, and this, this chapter kind of focuses on meditating on God's word. And so I'm going to read the passage for you. Um, it will not be up there, so focus. It's 119, 97 through 104. It says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So again, this passage talks a lot about meditation, as you can see. Thank you. Meditation is focusing and praying on God's word. The writer starts off by saying they meditate on God's word all day. Why? Why do they meditate on God's word all day? This is what I would say to my teens. Why? It's in there. It gives you the answer. Because he loves it. They love it. They love God's word. There's a deep affection for God's word here. Many of us are so used to having access to God's word um, throughout the day. We have easy access to God's word. So we don't always have the appreciation for his word that the writer does here or that many others do elsewhere uh, throughout this word. So this idea of loving God's word and cherishing it in a way like a child or a loved one is not necessarily something we think of all the time. But that's how you can think of it is cherishing God's word. Um, it's also to dig into it with understanding that these are God's words. These are the words that he has, has given the Israelites and then the words he's gave, given us to use and to meditate on. Um, it's something that we can do. It's something that we can apply to our lives. And there's, and there's, we can definitely do this, but is it an all day mentality that we have? And you may be sitting there like, oh, we can't meditate on God's word all day. Yeah, you can. If you have verses memorized and stuff, and I don't want to take Luke's part. He's going to get into that. Um, but we are able to work and think through and meditate through God's word all day long. Even as we go through our lives, if something was to happen, we can meditate on his word and who God is. I don't know if I got through everything. So we can memorize it to better meditate on it. 
An example of this is Awana. We have kids memorize verses, and that's really a really good way to practice meditation. Meditating on God's Word doesn't just have to mean memorizing Scripture, though. For instance, you could also be doing devotional, a careful study of His Word, prayer, or something of that sort. Read through a verse of the Bible every day, or a chapter. Read through Psalm 119. Bible studies in life. Memorize group. it? Yeah, if you want you to. Could. Bible studies and life groups are a good way to get into the habit of studying the scripture and meditating on it with other believers, just like youth group and other such things of that sort. In the end, we should learn how to love God's word, so that way we know, that way we can live by verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Hold on, before you end. So, what are you really good at memorizing? Because you skipped this part, and I think it really matters in here. I could do a little interview here. What are you really good at memorizing? Ah, I myself personally memorize songs. How many songs can you fit into your head? I'll tell you, it's a lot. Not it, me. It's you a lot. You make fun of me. I don't memorize songs. But, but if you, even if you put a verse to a song, or like I do with the kids at Awana, make them do motions. You can do motions. But... I find it easy to memorize by song, motion, things like that if you have trouble memorizing. I think the point is, is we memorize a lot of stuff, but we don't always take time to memorize God's word, right? Yes. And that goes for me too. I don't, and I don't always prioritize it. So, <laughs> so that is something we can definitely apply to help us meditate on his word. So that is, again, our second point is God, God's word allows them. We can meditate on God's word. All right, let's end this uh, point in prayer. Dear God, thank you that we got to come to the youth service today and that me and PD got the chance to preach in front of all these people. And I want to pray that you'll help us all meditate on God's word a little bit more. Thank you and amen. Amen. Okay, First Chronicles uh, 16, 23 through 27. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Thank you. Point three. All right. The next point I did about a letter. I think I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Resh. And I'm going to read the passage now for you guys. What's, what's our point, though, with Resh? The point of Resh is God delivers from all kinds of, well, all kinds of everything, really. <laughs> now it reads, look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked. They do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. Many are persecutors and my adver adversaries, but I do not swear from your testimonies. I look at the faithfulness with this, at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commandments.
Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. As I mentioned, this passage is talking about suffering, and for God, to, it's prayer for God to deliver us from our sufferings. In verse 155 mentions that the wicked is far from salvation, but that doesn't mean that they're too far gone. No one is ever too far gone from God's love. Last youth Sunday, we talked about the persecuted church, and this passage is a good reminder that no matter our sufferings, it's all ultimately for God's glory. Many times we forget that, and we think that God doesn't love us. Many times people in the persecuted church have to keep their faith going strong, and they still have to love their persecutors. Recent, this doesn't mean that we, it has to be a physical enemy either. It could be a sickness or a physical condition. Recently, one of my childhood friends, her mother was put in hospice and passed away the other night. This is a good reminder that we live in a broken world and that no matter what we think is going to happen, ultimately, it's not up to us. We can't fix everything that's broken. Being a Christian is about walking on the narrow path and that not many people will take it. This is saying that we may have to be confronted with the hard choice between our faith, our friends, our family, but no matter what, we should ultimately choose God. So Luke makes some good points here um, with these verses. And while the writer is asking for deliverance here, again, that reminds us there's, there's no issue, there's no problem with asking for deliverance from God to be saved from something, an affliction or whatever it is. Um, that's okay to ask, but we also need to understand and realize that whatever God chooses or however he responds, we can still give him glory and be thankful and give him the praise that he deserves through it. Um, despite all these afflictions and the persecutors, as we mentioned in, in verse 157, as it talks about, the writer states that they do not swerve from God's testimonies. He holds on to God's promises, statements, and truths about who God is again talking about the truth of God's word. And in verse 160, it says, the sum of your word is truth. All of God's word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. So again, God's truth is lasting forever and will last forever. And so I guess our question today as well in this point is, are you asking to be delivered from something right now? Is there something that's on your heart? Is there something that you are struggling through or going through that is difficult? Um, we learn from God's word that he's just, that he's right, um, that he knows what is best. And so how, how are we responding <clears throat> to that, that affliction that's in our lives? God does deliver us. There's times where he does deliver us. I guess the most important thing that Luke and I want you to know is that God has offered you a way to be delivered from an eternity away from him in a place called hell. Um, that is the one way he deliver us and gives us a promise for sure that he will deliver us from sin. And God offers that to anyone and everyone. Um, if you believe in your heart that, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again three days later, and you want to give your life to him, then you are able to be delivered from that life of sin. That doesn't mean you won't sin anymore but you are able to be delivered from that eternal punishment that God has uh, because he's a just God and he's a right God. 
Um, so there is always that deliverance as well. And then as you go through your life, again, as we mentioned, there's all those afflictions, there's all those things that we go through. Um, God has his way of working through that with you. We just have to continue to go to him. And the answer we get, again, may not be what we want, but we have to think in the bigger picture that it will ultimately glorify God. And so can we give him praise and glory for that no matter what we're going through? Because I know each and every one of you are going, we all go through hard times. We all go through hard things. And so are we giving God glory through that? Lord, we give you thanks for this point of being able to ask for deliverance from you. Not from you, but for you to provide deliverance for us. Um, that we can grow closer to you through the things that we go through. Um, your word tells us that uh, anything that we go through helps us to grow closer to you as long as we continue to seek your way, your path, and what you have for us. And that's why I'd ask that we would do that today and that we would continue to apply that in our lives. And we praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Psalm 27, 4 through 6 says, one thing, I, one thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> Point four comes from another section of this chapter. Uh, the letter is called Semek. And it is, we, we, Luke basically made the point of God is my refuge. God is my refuge. And it's from Psalm 119, 113 through 120. And I'll read that for us. Starting in Psalm 113. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live. And let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who, who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. You all right? This section talks about how God is our salvation and shield. It reminds me of the armor of God and how we can shield against the things of this world. Temptation is real, and it comes for all of us in one way or another, at one time or another. It's not a question of if, it's more a question of when. A quick story to illustrate God is our refuge. When um, a couple years ago, when we did five-day clubs, we used to illustrate the fact that you need God. We would have a leader stand a little bit away. And we would have a kid try and jump to them the first time. And then, obviously, they didn't make it 10 or 15 feet. So the second time, we would have... I don't think they would make it a couple feet. Well, I mean, it was depending on how tall they were. <laughs> but then, 
we would have another leader the second time they jumped, catch them in midair, and take them over to that leader. That was a quick and simple illustration to prove that we need God because we can't make it across the gap of sin on our own. We thought about doing this today, but if I was to catch even the smallest person in here, I'd probably throw my back out. So. He's getting old. And like I mentioned earlier, when temptation comes, we have to choose whether or not we're going to stay on the path. Again, I bring that back because the wide path is the one that we're being tempted to follow, the way of the world. Another song reference that I thought of is a skillet song called Refuge, which it's just such a good illustration for how we can hide inside of God's refuge, no matter what we've done and no matter what we do. Because we're no longer slaves to sin because of Jesus' sacrifice. Are you praying or am I? Why don't you pray since you oh, preached okay. this whole section. Okay. Uh, dear God, thank you that, again, we got to come to church today. And um, thank you that we got to learn about you in all of your ways. And I want to pray that everybody here will take Psalm 119 to heart. And the rest of the service will go well. Yep. Amen. So we're going to have, if I'm getting the order right, another verse read here. So Jacob, if you want to come up, I kind of told him I'd stay up here because I caught him off guard last minute. So he is a, a fill-in for us. So he's going to come read uh, Ephesians 2, 4 through 9 for us. So if you want to read it into that mic. But God, being rich in mercy because of the love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our own trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches, riches with which, oh, sorry, words are hard, immeasurable riches of grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So this is not another point, but kind of our short conclusion, if you want to summarize our points. All right. Should I do it like Oana? One, two. All right. Our first point was about God's word is the way and the path, which was mentioned several times throughout the sermon. Then we went through three different letters, Mem, to meditate on God's word, Rish, God delivers, and Samic, God is my refuge. We talked about also how there is so much more to Psalm 119. There's a lot more than what we just covered, and I encourage everybody here that they should read through it. It was interesting to see, and a fun fact about it is that David mentioned one name for God's word in almost every verse. There was how many? Three or four that he didn't. Yeah, it was only a few. Yep. And then a final challenge to consider is how will this, how will you change from what you've heard today? Maybe that means meditating more on scripture. Maybe trusting God more in a situation that doesn't seem like it'll come out right. Or maybe just remembering God is your refuge and that he's there to protect you. And I think the challenge you said earlier, just to read through 119 and you could even read it as a prayer to God as you read through it because there might be some things that are applying to your your life specifically as you go through the whole chapter or you could sing it or you could sing it or you could memorize it by singing it 
but a very good challenge. Um, again, very proud of Luke and the time he put into this as well, but to ultimately give God the glory through doing this and, and hopefully that's what you come away from and not, not Luke doing a good job up here because he did, but ultimately still taking something home. But they're still here. To, they're still here. They I still consider here. that a victory. That is true. <laughs> you want me to end in prayer? Okay. Lord, we gave you thanks again for this time, Lord, to be able to study your word. And um, yeah, it did look different this morning, but we're still able to bring glory to you through what we do, even if it looks different. And so, Lord, I pray that through all uh, the different points that we went through, to the different scriptures that we read, um, that we'd be able to take at least one thing home. Um, and that's how awesome your word is, and how sufficient it is, and how desperately we need your word to go through. Uh, each and every day. And so, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't take that for granted. I think pray that we would uh, be in your word as much as possible. And like the one verse that we covered, that we would meditate it all day, meditate on it all day, Lord, uh, and that we would love your word and your scriptures and what, what you have for us, and then apply it to our lives and um, make use of it, Lord, not just read it to read it and say that we did it, but to actually apply it to our lives and to move forward and be example to others and to teach others and disciple others through it as well. Lord, we thank you for all that you do and we praise in Jesus' name. Amen.